Hello, and welcome to Weary Dads. I'm your host, PJ Weary, with my co-host. Dad, I'm here, man. And today uh, is our 50th episode. 50. 5-0. Uh, it's been a year. Yeah, it has. It's been a great year. And much more to learn. And it's awesome. This is a joy for me. So. No, no. We have sponsors. Uh, oh, don't let me forget the sponsors. Yeah. One you just picked up is Hoplark. That's your choice. And that's fine. Um, My refreshment of choice. Yeah, that's a, I give a lark and it's a hop lark. <laughs> and then we have two others. Uh, and actually we have third. This is, this is bubbly. This is the bubbly blueberry pomegranate, which is very good. And the reason we know it's good is it's already done. And then this is the blackberry. And I'm drinking that now. And I like that one also. But the other, and I really just want to give a shout out here to number two Adirondack pencils. There you go. Those are very, very good for people that, are in college and use scantrons but now that i'm not in college and i'm not using scantron are you using scantrons the unsung heroes of uh, <laughs> teachers teachers man teachers. but you know how many times you don't forget your number two pencil every time i heard that and i'm gonna say it i had to go number two because it was meant it was another test oh yeah it's always like, a stressful pressure yeah so i'm glad that i don't have to have an adirondack but instead i can have a bubbly 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 We're at episode 50. Which is awesome. And uh, when we first shot this, we of course did manhood, mentoring, and maturity as our first three episodes. Yes, we did. Because that, those are our three, kind of the core values of the show, I wouldn't say of our life, like, um, but just kind of what we're striving to help our audience with. Yeah, clearly enhance our audience in the areas of manhood, mentoring, and maturity. Yeah, at the same time, helping ourselves to grow yep. and to leave something to... Uh, your grandchildren, my children, my grandchildren, something for the, our, uh, the generations of weary kids after, specifically uh, the boys. And so they were our first episodes. They had some issues. I'm sure they did. And so we've taken those down, partly because those were the first episodes that people listened to. If you went and looked up our show on some services, that was the first ones you looked at. So we wanted to redo those episodes uh, after a year of reflection. And so we're going to do two episodes for each uh, yes. manhood, uh, two for mentoring, two for maturity. And so really for this first one, uh, we want to talk about the biblical foundations for manhood. Um, and so, I mean, the clearest place to start is uh, for both of us is scripture. Yes. We're an unapologetically Christian podcast. That doesn't mean there's not tips uh, for everybody. Um, and there's also doesn't mean that we don't take tips from uh, people that people might aren't not Christian. have the same. Yeah, yeah. Right. Like, I mean, we, we just talked about uh, grit and that was phenomenal to talk about what that means for parenting. Um, but what I wanted to start with was uh, Genesis one. And oh, of course it's on the next page. Uh, I'm okay. I'm struggling yes. right now because how could you have the first page open and say Genesis one, it's on the next page because yep. it's later on in the verses. It's later on, <sighs> later on in the chapter. Wow. I know. So if you look at Genesis 1, 26, yes. then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. And so there is that idea that mankind is supposed to have dominion over the earth, that we are supposed to be stewards. Right. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And so 
uh, just starting from biblical orthodoxy, God himself is neither male nor female. God is a spirit. And so each of us has been created and embodied as human beings. Like we are human be- in large part because we have a spirit and a body. Yes. And, the, and so we are uh, born with gender, right? So we, uh, we are each unique male and female. And so just kind of starting from like each of us represents, whether male or female, the image of God in a unique way. And so both of those together make up the image of God. And I think there's something, there, there are depths to the mysteries of the Trinity there that I don't have, I've not done the research on. And even if I did, I would speak with fear and trepidation. Right. It's, um, it's still going to be a, a very difficult uh, navigation of that discussion subject. Absolutely. So, uh, but just that idea that uh, you have a unique identity um, with the image of God that's been given to us as men, right? So like when you look at this, it's in the image of God, he created them, male and female, he created them. And I don't want to miss this opportunity too, to say, God says in verse 26, let us make mankind in our image, right? There's God that nod the, to the Trinity, yep, God, God the, the Father, Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And then, uh, and to really kind of reinforce that, uh, when we become human, we, have, we are born with this kind of unique identity. You see, when Jesus came down, he was born a man. Man. And so what's really interesting is then when he comes back, he literally has the scars still in, a, in his flesh right. and they recognize him. So it seems that, uh, and this is where uh, we have these helpful theological terms. Jesus is fully God and fully man and his human nature is man, is Correct. male. And so uh, God, Jesus will forever be male. And so that kind of takes me, I think, to Ephesians 5. Um, so there's a couple things, right? Well, as we kind of transition from this, the uniqueness of what it means to be a man versus the, obviously I don't feel called to, and you've mentioned before, you didn't feel called to a women's ministry, right? Yes, like that's a, that's a different side of things. What we're talking about is the, un, how we are uniquely men in the image of God. And so that's where I think we can transition to kind of like the theological foundations we find in Genesis three. Uh, that we find in uh, Ephesians 5 of what it means to be a man. And so uh, Genesis 3, just to start off with, is the curse that is given to a man is that it's obvious that men are supposed to provide, right? And so what's that? He's like, by the, the sweat of your brow and the earth will resist you, which I'm gardening now. And uh, the earth is resisting. Let's put it that way. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, you know, this is probably not theological, but work, 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 work. Yeah, and, no, uh, right? just like. No, God's called us to, to work and to provide, uh, not that others don't have to work, but yeah, we are, there's a real challenge for man to be a provider. Yes. And I, and I think that's where everyone has the call to be, uh, to have dominion over creation. Everyone is called to be a stewardship. We see that in, uh, verse 26 of Genesis one, but we kind of start with that there. Everyone's supposed to be a provider. And so then when we transition to Ephesians five, uh, we see not only are they supposed to be providers. They're yes. also supposed to be protectors. Protectors. You want me to throw that out there? Yeah. Well, I, I was like, I just, you know, I've been talking a lot. <laughs> pro, I'm good with that. Yeah, yeah. Um, protectors, and that's seen in Ephesians chapter five. Go read those verses. Yeah. Uh, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave Himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water. 
through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish, but holy and blameless. In this same way, husbands also ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. And so we'll talk about an, another thing that I think comes up there, but protector, someone who literally like Christ died for us. He sacrificed his body. Sacrificed. And so you're, you're protecting your wife and, you, and, and your family. And as a man, others, you're willing to sacrifice. And so there are kind of verbs that go along with this, obviously provide and provider, but also to serve, right? Kind of goes along with provider. Like we, we as men, we are called to serve and then we are called to protect, but that, that really comes down to not like, it, it comes down to sacrifice, right? And that's like, so that's the verb that we kind of put together with that. Yeah, I think when you said there's two words there that you said that are just, and they obviously are alliterated, but serving and sacrificing. And, um, you know, in James, I just sent these verses to some friends. That's, that's a difficult task because we're, we're, from whence comes our war? They come from within. Mm. You know, and so in James four, it talks about there's this uh, tension, quarreling, and and battling, and it's you're in your own heart because we were not um, by nature willing to sacrifice and serve. We we are very um, self serving, proud, arrogant, and Mm. that's why uh, God loves the humble. He uh, hates pride. So there's this this challenge for a man to put himself second, put his family, his wife, others first. This is manhood. Manhood is not, and it's honestly, there's a tension in the world today too. Yeah. Pave your own way, make yourself, um, you <laughs> just heard something, you do you. Right. And not, right. Instead of. Which is a way s- of giving up responsibility for the yeah. other person, yeah. right? So it sounds like you're being nice, but take really. Care of yourself. Just yeah. do you. And I say, no, you serve others. Well, and that actually starts with, you know, obviously there's that uh, wives submit yourselves to your own husbands. Um, but before that, there's that submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And that one doesn't get all, always brought up in the um, whole discussion. Yeah. And I think that's where it's, where we, you know, if you serve your wife, if you submit to your wife and you look at your wife and say, I'm going to do all I can to protect her. And to provide for her. And our last one is... Is to disciple. Disciple and, and mentor. The, mentor the family. Man, yeah. that's attractive. Yes. That's really love. Yeah. That's and that's... What, so we have serve, sancti- uh, serve sacrifice, and sanctify. Why Sorry, the sa- sa- No, the sanctify is in, uh, present the church holy, blessed. Yes. And part of the responsibility I have as a man is to serve my family. Yeah. Okay. Make sacrifices for um, our family. You know, we, we just bought your wife some uh, maternity clothes because she's yeah. going to have Frankie, for all of those of you that don't know. Oh, that's right. Be- yeah. Becky's, First daughter. She's Becky's, very happy. Yeah. But one of the things we thought of, and I want to publicly do this, we should have got you something too. Anyhow, no. guys, we just serve. But <laughs> it's awesome fine. to be able to serve. And then we ought to represent Christ to our family so that they say, you know, as Christ told us and as God told us, be holy as I am, I am holy. holy. Absolutely. This is what we're supposed to do as men. Yeah. This is a um, mantle that we've been placed. Yeah. And some would say um, the burden is heavy. Yeah. And I would say you're right. Mm-hmm. But come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. So when we look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, and we let go of some of those weights and we strive to glorify him and walk with him and we strive to have a 
correct vertical relationship with him, yeah. then we're going to have these horizontal relationships of serving and sacrificing, and then thus be a picture of sanctity or sanctification for our family. Yeah, exactly. And I think um, I did want to mention, because I, I think at this point, we obviously went to Ephesians 5, and I think there's a lot there about what it means to be a man. Um, but when you talk about provider, protector, discipler, serving, sacrificing, sanctifying, uh, there's like, well, I don't have a wife, right? And I don't have kids. But every man is called to two things, to two roles, which also fit these. Mm -hmm. And that is every man is called to be a brother and every man is called to be a father. And so when you look at, um, and you know, I'm using the term father loosely there, but there, like these roles that we see in the family, which we are called to, that you and I are called to fulfill very specifically, right? You are a father, a brother, mm -hmm. a husband. Um, not everyone's son, called. I'm a son. Right. Right. Um, not everyone is called to be those things in a direct familial way. Not everyone is even capable of having that. Um, and so one, I want to be sensitive to that, but also everyone is called to be a spiritual mentor, a spiritual father, and everyone is called to be for sure a spiritual brother. And so when you talk about what does it mean to be like, what does it mean to be a, a brother in Christ to a fellow woman believer or to another fellow uh, man believer, right? It's I'm supposed to be a provider, a protector, a discipler. Uh, what does it mean to be a spiritual father? And if you aren't investing in the next generation, I, I think you're not, you're not answering the call of scripture, right? We are called to go and make disciples. And in those cases, you are supposed to serve and to sacrifice and to sanctify. And so everyone, regardless of what they are, like their physical bodies may have limited them or just life circumstances is called to these roles as a Christian. Yeah, so I right away think of a number of people that, you know, have this privilege. And, and the truth is, what did, what did Paul say about if you're not married? He said, that, that's a, not a bad thing because right. you have more opportunity and time, right? We know that because yeah. um, relationships do take time and they're important. But yeah. um, I just think of all the uh, crying need that we have in this country yeah. to invest in people. Um, obviously women with women and men with men. You said something that is really true. I have responsibility to my women believer too. And there's wisdom in how I ha handle and do that. Yeah. There's, and it's not that there's no out, you know, it's actually, you ought to be ecstatic that you can all be in. Yes. Like I'm part of the family of God. Yes. That's a huge statement. Like we've been brought into this, um, incredible, um, space mm -hmm. and that space is enveloped with the love of god and by being a believer i can look at others and serve others and invest in others not just my own family like yeah. they're and and you know that's always been a tension of mine so i love right, this because you have to you have the you have their family and then you're also like i have responsibilities to other believers well, well, and to uh, unbelievers as well yeah and i think you know obviously this will be the, the probably the third one or the second mentoring one but you know when i uh did studies with you or something and yeah. you know um, but we always had other people with with us um often we did and i did the same thing with your brother but that was because i wanted to 
be an example, not just to you guys, but to them, how you do this. And I didn't, you know, I wanted to bypass you that you were the most important, you and your brother, but those others were important too. And that's what the church needs to do. We need to, and, and I know in this day and age, this is a very difficult um, time, but there's a crying need for men to love, to serve, to sacrifice and to sanctify. It, there's just a crying need. Yeah. And uh, not get disgusted with where things are, but delight in that Christ can give us the opportunity to impact people as men, not run away from it, run into it. I love that the word delight because um, something that I am struggling with now because I, I just feel so many, I, I, the Lord is impressing on me over and over again, you need to rest more, PJ. You need to rest more. And I'm like, but there are these things that need to get done. And I, something happened that I'd been worried about for a long time and it happened really without my intervention. And I was like, oh, that's right. God doesn't need me to do things. God doesn't need me to make the church run. I am invited to participate. And so that's where I am taking on the yoke of Christ, but that yoke is light mm -hmm. because it is a joy to participate and to become more like Christ and to be able to serve. You know what? It's really interesting you say that. And we're talking about manhood. Yeah. But I think manhood needs to be discussed here in this way. We attend a church here um, just outside of Mount Dora in Eustis, Florida, New Hope Presbyterian. And as I say this, I'm honored to say it. This is where God's called us to. Mm. There are a whole lot more churches in the United States. <laughs> Last I checked. There are a whole <laughs> lot more churches in the world. Yes. Be where you are. Serve where you are. Yes. Impact those that are around you. Yes. You just said it. God, God doesn't need me. There are other men. We just need to serve. Well, probably the better term is we need to obey God, rest in him, trust in him. And the this we're so limited in our view. Mm. We're so limited in our abilities. So just do where you are to the best of your ability for God's glory. Not do you. Do the best you can to serve others where you're at. I just think it's an important, important thing for all men to step up and do this. Don't sit on the sidelines. Yeah. There are young people crying for this. Absolutely. And, and, and young men. So. Yeah. I, I can't think of a better way to end. Thanks, Dan. You're welcome. Thank you. 